Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Coming to you live from Grand Central Terminal here on this Thursday, this 22nd day of June on this 30th anniversary show. Uh, already been a busy day. Uh, first, say thank you to everybody in the audience on this 30th anniversary show and everybody here at the Grand Central Terminal. Welcome. And we have a very, very busy show with a lot of guests. And we started off with someone and whose team has given us plenty of thrills and plenty of moments in the 30 years of the fan and a bundle of championships too. We welcome in the corner of the uh, New York football giants. John Mara joins us here. John, welcome. Thank you, Michael. Very uh, apropos to have you leading off today and uh, uh, 30 years. Tell me this. You can do a little let's go, Giants. And the Giants (laughs) uh, could have a very big year this year. But as you being such a part of the sports community, when you first heard about Sports Talk Radio, what, uh, and your father was a big, big influence and a big part of it, what, what, what went through your head? Uh, I, do you remember? Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, never thought it had any chance of being successful. So, so I congratulate you on 30 years of incredible uh, success. And uh, my father, as you know, was a huge fan of the program. I remember many, many afternoons driving home with him uh, from the stadium where he would listen to you and listen to you and dog and uh, wasn't always happy no. with everything that you had to say but uh, he was a huge fan of the program and uh, we had to have uh, FAN on on the way home. Well you know it's funny as everyone knows he liked that music that was on 1130 from the yes. days of Ted Williams and yes. all the guys on that station where the Giants called yes. home for a long time. Ted Brown. Uh, Ted Brown yeah, yeah, and yeah. Julius LaRosa right. and all those, Clavin and right. Finch and all those guys yeah. chip sapola doing the sports yes. and all that so we know that's i remember the giants as a kid that being their home right. so uh he kind of like from the beginning was a follower of ours and if we stepped out of line a little we got the most meticulously <laughs> penned with this blue like sharpie type ink meticulously penned letters from Mr. Mara, and uh, they were very clear about the direction that he thought the show was going in. Uh, we were yeah. being heavily reprimanded, and I still have a couple of them, and he, he gave me, so, so uh, I, he wrote way, plenty yeah. of them, right? Yeah. As you mentioned once uh, in the uh, incredible eulogy, you said, no confessions, no, no Christmas, sad, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right, so, right? Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, always, he was a letter writer, right? Yeah, I always knew when we were driving home, if you guys went off track a little bit, I, I, I would think to myself, they're getting a letter over this one. I, I could always tell when that was going to happen. So, uh, but he, you know, he, he did love the program, and he was uh, addicted to it. He had to listen to it. You know, and you know. I used to always, every year when I, a lot of times I'd come from Saratoga to do my show when the Giants were in Albany. 
And every year I'd go in the morning and watch the morning session in the days of two-a-day before the world changed. And I used to go and sit with him. He'd be off by himself, and he and I would sit, and we'd talk about the horses, and we'd talk about football. So I would spend the whole morning session sitting with him and then do the afternoon show. So that was one of my favorite days because he used to like to sneak off and go sit in Ralph Wilson's box at Saratoga. Probably his favorite place in the world. Mine too. So I still go every year. Um, Interestingly, I just was doing an interview with Neil Best who uh, asked me about the surprise of 30 years, and I said, the amazing thing that I thought is that sports has never stopped growing. We've, and that's a thing that has obviously impacted your life and the NFL's life. Sports in this country has never hit a point where it stopped growing. It continues to grow and grow and get bigger all the time. The explosion is unbelievable. I mean, it's a 24-7 cycle right now. Every, you can turn on the TV at any time of the, the day or night and, and there's some sports programming going on or some sports discussion going on. It's unbelievable. It's something that uh, I don't think any of us foresaw. Alright, a couple of things. Uh, let's touch a little bit on your team before this year. As you are week, weeks away from training camp, how do you feel about your team for this year? I feel pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I I like what we have on paper. Uh, I like what we did in the uh, off-season program and in the mini camps. You know, Mike, it's it's all a question of staying healthy. I, I think we have the, you know, a, a good roster now. I think Eli's got a lot of years uh, left in him. Uh, you know, our defense certainly rose to a to a new level. Sure last did. You year. brought in some new guys and yeah, really and some they, key guys who they, did they really, really well. Uh, they they really uh, all played well. Collins and, and Snacks yeah, and guys and, really played well. You know what I what I liked about the new guys that we we brought in was they were among the hardest working guys on gotcha. the team too. And that's not always what happens after guys get the big money. But Vernon uh, Jenkins and Snacks. I mean, they worked as hard as anybody in practice. So, you know, on paper, I like what we have, but, you know, it's a question of staying healthy and guys playing to their potential. Picking coaches is always tricky. After one year, how do you feel about your coach? I feel very good about it. Looks like him, he's going to grow into a leader. He looks that way to me, too. He is. I'm not so sure about his new hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, I, I like uh, the energy he brings to us on the field. Um, uh, I, I like the fact that he's, he's, he has a great relationship with players. I think they respect him. But, you know, he's one year in. Let's see. Uh, you, do you have any concerns about the game? We're always, everyone's always trying to tweak. Even you guys are always trying to tweak. Commercial breaks, cut them down, game too long, etc. How do you feel about the game, state of the game? I, I think the state of the game is in a very good uh, place, but I don't think we can ever get too comfortable with that. I think we'd like to get the game time down a little bit closer to that three-hour mark. I, I think there are too many breaks during the game that last for too long. I know that's something the commissioner's been focused on, and so is the competition committee, so I think you'll see a few tweaks this year, and we'll keep doing that, I think, till we get to a level that everybody's uh, happy with, but I, I think there are things that we can do. In terms of the game on the field, I think it's as good as it has ever been. Uh, our focus every year on the competition committee is what can we do to make it safer without taking away the, 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 the elements of the game that people love to see. We're it's, always, it's always going to be a violent game, but but there are things that we can continue to do to make it safer. We're talking with John Mara, the co-owner of the Giants, as we begin our program. We've got a million guests coming up today on this 30th anniversary show uh, from coming to you live from the uh, Grand Central Terminal. This team and, and this time, you've been able to have one quarterback for a very long time, which is a great blessing when you can find one. Uh, and when you do, it gives you great stability. How do you see Eli as the owner, as someone who lives through the games with him and has had been with him all these years? Put Eli in perspective for me. I mean, when we made that trade back in, in 2004, um, if you had told me that 
we'd have the type of success that we've had under Eli, and he's been the type of uh, citizen that he's been. Uh, I mean, that's just a rare combination. It really is. And to have somebody like that be the face of your franchise for so long, uh, and somebody who has played every single snap since he became the amazing. starter. Amazing. It really is amazing. Um, His durability is just is yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood yes, as I say course, that. Yes, of course, of course. But uh, he, he's been just a, a tremendous ambassador for us, and obviously he's two-time Super Bowl MVP, and, and we think he's got a lot left in him. And uh, I have to give you the obligatory Beckham question. How do you feel about where he is right now? Are you okay with, with where he is? I feel I feel good about where he is. I, I know that and I had a, a great conversation with him in my office a couple of weeks ago. And he's a work in progress. He knows that he's got to mature and learn to control his emotions better. He's working on that. Um, the one thing about that kid is that when he shows up at work, nobody works harder than he does. He's so competitive, even in practice out there, and he wants to win so badly. Listen, I wish we had another dozen uh, players like him. But listen, he, he's obviously had some issues um, trying to control his emotions. And, uh, I, he's working on that, and I, I think he's going to be just fine going forward. We're going to have some ups and downs for sure. But in the long run, I'm glad he's wearing blue. Do you? Can you tell about your team at this time of year? I mean, can you get a feel for whether or not, I mean, you've done everything you wanted to do. You had a design. Two years ago, you weren't happy, so you made some changes. You brought in people. Can you get a feel, or does it take a, a number of games before you really know what your team is? For, for me, it's too early to get a feel. As I like what we have on paper, but until we play a few regular season games, it's just too hard to tell. Too many things can happen. Uh, the wrong guys get hurt at the wrong time, and that, that can ruin your whole season. But I think we have some, some depth. Uh, you know, uh, we've got a lot of good players. We've got veteran leadership. We've also got a good core group of young players. So I, I like that. But until we start playing games, um, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to get the feel that you're describing. You know, someone said that in other countries they give people knights and titles. Here we give them franchises. <laughs> and that's the, the people who do stuff in business and do things, they, they basically go into these jobs of owning franchises, which is a very public position. How much has that changed in the last 20 years being an owner of a team? Well, it, it definitely is a whole new group of owners that are, that are uh, involved in these franchises. Much more public. It is much more public. Anything you do now, anything you say, um, it gets broadcast all over the place, and it gets frustrating from time to time, Mike, because it, a lot of times your words get taken out of context and misconstrued. Um, I don't think that happened years ago, but in this social media craze that we're in right now, you have to be much more careful. And, and, and even those of us like myself that have been around for a long time, we make mistakes all the time. And, uh, but it, it has changed. There's a different group of owners in there now. But... Um, you know, the one thing I will say about the, the group in our room, in the NFL room, is they all love the game. They all want to make the game better. Uh, and they're all, I think they're all committed to doing the right thing. Do you – is is training camp frustrating now, or is it still useful? I mean, have they, oh. have they made it benign to the point now where it just doesn't accomplish what you're hoping to accomplish? Oh, I, I think it is very useful still. I think you absolutely have to have it. Um, but do you need more hitting, or do you have enough to actually get get the job done now? You know, I think you get you get you ask ten people that you get you know many different decisions. I was on the uh, uh, negotiating team for the owners, right. and I negotiated a lot of those uh, changes. And quite frankly, I think we're in a better place now. I, I think I don't think we need all the hitting. Uh, I, I think 
I think we're fine the way we are. I would like to make some changes to some of the things that we do in the offseason, but in terms of the amount of hitting, I think we're in a good place right and now. And expanding the game is something the players have no appetite for, right? They don't want more games. They, they do not want more games. You've made that very clear to me. They, they, they do not, they, their appetite is not to play more games. That's, uh, that's under, cool. So that's going to pretty much have to stay with the formula, which is an incredibly successful formula. You're back in London again this year. Do you like the London thing? We're not in London this year. Not you, I but I mean we the, the league is in London again yes. this year. I'm, a, I'm not big on London. I, I really am. Maybe yeah. it's me. Maybe I'm too old-fashioned. But I don't see the purpose of a game this successful in our country going to, to the countries where it's not their game. Do you think it's advantageous? I, I think it is because it, 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 you know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to go over there twice and had sold-out stadiums both times. Very enthusiastic crowds, very enthusiastic people that you meet on the streets. Um, so I think it does serve a purpose. I, I'm not sure that I see a franchise going over there at some point. I know there's speculation about that. I'm not sure I see that. You know, we've enjoyed our experience over there, probably because we won both games. But, but uh, I think there is an advantage to the league reaching out internationally a little bit. It's a whole new fan base over there. Do you can you see where this game will be in ten years from a technological stadium standpoint, and from a TV standpoint, and from a digital standpoint, or, or is it impossible? I'm not sure. I'm enough of a visionary to see that. I just know the media landscape is changing. You're going to see a lot more games, you know, uh, being broadcast digitally on all sorts of different. Platforms. Is it still a same experience you think for fans to go to games or is that lessening i think it is a better experience now because we've made it an emphasis a point of emphasis it's very important that, that you give people a reason to go to the stadium and not just sit back on their couch and watch it at home so we're always tinkering with new ideas on how to do that but we we want the in-stadium experience uh, to be something that they can't duplicate anywhere else well listen the giants are not only part of the station but they've been a fabric of the city you know we've watched you play in a lot of super bowls you won a super bowl the year the fans started uh you've won three more you've been to five you've won four uh so you've been an incredibly successful franchise in the 30 years of the fan and you personally have been a you know a very big figure in this town so to open the show with you today uh, was very fitting and it's very nice of you to come down and do it in person it really well, thanks. is thanks it's an honor honor for me and, and i appreciate you having me thanks john john mara the co-owner of the giants as we kick things off